I haven't seen what the f- this meme is all about, but have you seen uh, the the race week uh, meme across all the different? Um, <laughs> th- what what is that in reference? Do you know? Did did like F one mistype? Uh, a, a, a so oh, or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I forget how it would be pronounced, but yeah, it was, it was just like a. Uh, this is probably two years ago. It was just a really bad social media post that was trying to be like really avant garde graphic design, and mm-hmm. so race was spelled R A. Then like return and a low a, a line below that C E and then week was on the other side of the screen W E hard return yeah. E K and so everyone just for whatever reason everyone latched on to the you know phenetic awful uh, spelling of uh, of that which I think I is it. delightful. I mean I do it's it's very much in it's very much in your wheelhouse and also partially in my wheelhouse too with uh with the design stuff and the f1 mm-hmm. stuff overlapping but yeah i guess i missed that <laughs> what was that during the pandemic when uh well not like it's not the pandemic but you know uh the high lockdowns yeah every every molecule of information is you know hyper scrutinized uh you yeah. know and appropriately so uh yeah well uh oh hey check out this segue speaking of hyper scrutinized uh we're we're gonna do a podcast where we it's not scrutinized feels like a an aggressive version it sounds hostile yeah it does it does i'm just gonna ask you about stuff that's fine Um, i can handle your scrutiny (laughs) (laughs) amazing all right well we're doing it Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast. It's just a couple of childhood besties. I hate that I said that out loud, and now that I've said it, it feels gross. Uh, but we're a couple of best friends. Embrace who, it, bestie. Yeah, Come on. Ooh, don't say it too. Um, yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're <laughs> uh, we are uh, we're just a couple of fans of Formula One. Just a couple uh, besties. Just a couple of besties who happen to be bestie fans uh, and bestie friends <laughs> of, uh, of, of Formula One. We are doing a podcast. I am an actor and a comedian and a writer. My name is Corey Willis. And who in the hell am I speaking with? Uh, this is John Lapore. I'm a creative leader and futurist working on uh, film technology and uh, and silly stuff in the automotive space. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, as as we did last week, we are going to be departing from our brand new uh, format. I like how we switched up formats and then immediately uh-huh. uh, jumped into the downtime of the the season and have just completely changed the format. So anyone who is like, Hey, are these guys just changing the podcast from episode to episode? No, we're not. This is just the summer break. So John, you asked me about my Abu Dhabi experience last week and Oh boy, did I give it to you? And, uh, this week it is going to be me asking the questions of you, uh, and it's going to be about your experience at the Circuit of the Americas uh, contest winners 
John and Gloria uh, made their way to uh, a VIP experience there in in Kota, uh, as it's as it's known in shorthand or short speak, whatever. They're trying to make it sound cooler than it is because uh, Circuit of the Americas sounds very corny. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, considering there are several other circuits in the Americas in general, and it's it's not atypical. It's pretty typical of the U.S. to be like, we're, you know, we're the America. Yeah, I, You know, I thought the name was kind of trash when it first came out, but I did mm-hmm. sort of warm up to it in that at least, um, you know, Texas is, you know, it's closer to South America in in a sense. Very and true. And I think it was sort of like saying like, this is almost the center of, you know, North America and South America and yeah. was, you know, to, you know, meant to be a, a magnet. And I know like, you know, there's a, a huge number of Mexican fans that make their way, whatever is Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even Coda doesn't quite roll off the tongue. But no. as with all things like this, it sounds awful at first. And now you're just kind of, you know, it's it's part of the lexicon. You can't can't yeah. get away from it. It feels pretty normal. Feels pretty normal. So, uh, uh, Johnny, what what year did you go to the Circuit of the Americas? So this was 2018, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I'll I'll start all the way at the 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 tippy tippy top. Yes, please. Which was that um, for a few years in the mid uh, 2010s. What do we call that? Yeah, 2020 teens. Oh, that sounds just as bad and gross as Coda or Circuit of the Americas. Let's call it, let's call it the- we, we got a lot of grossness yeah. already <laughs> in the first like what are what are what are we at? We're Jam at the backwards. like two yeah, four minutes in and we've got gross bestie coda coded in in Cody bestness. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Gross. So uh uh for for a few years, Formula One uh, particularly in conjunction with Tata Communications, a major Indian uh, technology company, mm-hmm. uh, we're putting on a Formula One sponsored contest called the Formula One Innovation Prize. And every year okay. they would make a call for entries and say, hey, this is the theme or the challenge uh, that we would like you to uh, approach. It basically was like pitch formula one technology centric ideas or concepts that could potentially be used to further the sport. Right. Um, the 2018 contest was the, the brief was effectively pitch us, uh, innovative ways to enhance the formula one broadcast thinking particularly about um, you know the digital age and experience and this was around the same time that like the F1 TV app was being launched and what right so I saw this call for entries uh, saw that there is a glorious set of prizes um, including that the five uh, finalists worldwide, would get flown out to Circuit of the Americas, and the winner would receive fifty thousand dollars. Damn, nice $50, little thousand dollar check. Yeah, that's a that that is a serious purse right there. Yeah, that's almost enough for you to take your family of four on a paddock pass 
uh, on one day uh, at Circuit of the Americas. Ah, uh, uh, that wouldn't even that wouldn't even cover the 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 champagne bib. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah true. So, <laughs> so uh, myself being someone who, well, all right, I I entered this contest. Mm-hmm. I submitted my entry, and I I sum it up by explaining that I told one of my coworkers that uh, I had entered this contest. And he was like, what, what's the contest for? Like, what were they asking for? And I explained to him the brief and uh, my buddy, Doug, he turned to me and he said like, John, it's like not even fair for you to enter that because this brief is the wheelhouse within my wheelhouse. My background is in design and particularly motion graphics. I have designed broadcast packages for everything from the NBA finals to uh, ABC News's election coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's a more distant background for me. My current focus is in technology innovation and designing you know, exciting new ways to leverage technology. Uh, I do this on real world products. And I also do this same sort of thing in uh, blockbuster films. So uh, you yeah. see the movie Black Panther, the futuristic technology that is used in the fantastical world of Wakanda was uh, designed by a team that I was leading. Yeah. And so That's, this just, like, I just I, I want to do this. I, I I'm going to make you do this and I'm sorry. Um, but uh, one of the things when I'm like, oh, I describe you to other people who don't know you Um I describe you as this designer who's an amazing, brilliant mind uh, in the world of design. And most people are like, wow, that's really, really cool. But they can't really put their finger on it. They can't understand like there's nothing in their life necessarily that uh, that they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I could see how that's a thing that he does. That's like a thing that affects me in my life that he does. Uh, And my my whole thing is like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, Iron Man's phone, you know, like Iron Man's phone in like the Marvel movies. I always got this like little glass phone. Uh, yeah. John design John like pitched that to them. That was like a freebie that he tossed in as an extra file when he was doing work uh, already for Marvel Studios. Uh, and people are like, wait, what? He just what? The, like the like Tony Stark's phone. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's my best friend. That's he that thing he designed that and he also uh helped uh he was head of the creative team that did the new marvel scroll and people are like whoa okay so that's just to give people an idea of the the far-reaching uh area of expertise that you have it it exists within functional design uh and also like the most fantastic wild cool entertainment driven design as well so Sorry to I gotta I gotta just say that out loud because I've said it out loud to so many people not in front of you. So I'm like, I have to now I have to tell you how I'm like, not that anyone needs you to be pitched to anybody, but like that's how I'm like, yeah, this is John. He's like, this is what he does. Uh so yeah, that's it's very, very generous of you to uh to say thank Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Bestie. Hey, so oh, uh <laughs> <laughs> so so, uh, you know, I, I submitted my entry uh, during the summer. Uh, I was actually on my way to a vacation, uh, the Jersey Shore or something, sent my thing in. Uh, and on September 19th, I was mm. literally, no joke, sitting down on 
the uh, the toilet at work, cracking open my my phone, and the little preview of an email showed up, and just like the preview said, the email was from the F one Innovation Prize, and the first lines of it that were summarized there were dear dear John, congratulations, yeah, and I was uh, one of the five uh, finalists which meant that they were going to fly myself and a guest to John, that is one hell of a birthday present by the way that is wild that that was uh that was pretty pretty awesome uh happening yeah right right in concert with uh with my wow. birthday uh and Damn. you know uh this was uh, this was ridiculously exciting. So then uh, I had to go through the sort of uh, Sophie's Choice like <laughs> process of figuring out uh, I could bring a guest with me, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a very difficult decision because I on one hand I have my my Formula One partner in crime, the only person who has ever been at my side. Yeah. for a formula one race uh my my f1 files co-host bestie Corey, bestie <laughs> and on the other hand i have my not deeply initiated into the world of formula one uh wonderful and loving and caring wife of mm-hmm. many years uh gloria and so because I could see the glimmer of a a burgeoning a a to be formed Formula One fan, certainly yeah. through the means of the best possible way of being introduced to Formula One, which is like literally like you know uh, being coated in champagne, having a <laughs> uh, crazy you know all expense paid <laughs> trip. Uh, and yeah. not only that, I mean, a really important part of this for for me was the fact that this was the first time ever that uh, my my lovely wife and I would ever travel anywhere without our kids who were exactly. still pretty pretty young at that point. So, uh, Corey, it still it still pains me uh, you know? to have uh, to have left you high and dry for oh, a. But uh, you didn't. Because just a couple of years prior, I did go to Abu Dhabi. So it's not like I was like in this like weird space where it's like, oh, we haven't been to a race. I haven't done it on my like. So, uh, you know, I, I did. I talked a big game about how bitter I was and resentful last week. But I got to say, you made the right choice, Johnny. I mean, bringing Gloria into this. Yeah, I, that that just affords you so much latitude uh, in your fandom uh, to bring your partner into the world as a fan and as like a newly initiated fan, not having to, you know, make the, the, the arduous journey and the financial uh, tricky decision of like, Oh, we're going to spend all this money to go on vacation and then go and sit in a place. that's very loud. And (laughs) I don't understand what's going on, but you had an all expense paid trip. Right. So yeah. Um, All is forgiven, John. This is, this is my moment. This is, I'm I'm trying to be a, a a a good friend and say that all is forgiven. And it's true. All is forgiven. I haven't even I, I it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna feel yeah, you're gonna you're gonna feel differently after I sing <laughs> on and on for the next uh twenty minutes about <laughs> I had to say that now the, the, the experience that uh that we had. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, we get on a plane, we head to Austin. There's literally like a guy in the airport holding a sign with my last name on it. Um, Damn. we get, we get brought over to, I forget what hotel it was. It was a, it was a lovely, you know, not like we weren't staying at like the Ritz Carlton or anything, but right. it was a lovely hotel that was, uh, like every hotel in the Austin area. Like you would go down for continental breakfast and see like 20 people in Red Bull uniforms and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, like not like fan gear but like yeah no 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 no. like uh yeah people that were there like looking like they were about to go to work which they very much uh they very much were so uh we we arrive in austin and tension is building because although i'm a finalist it was this was on a wednesday we landed we landed on a wednesday and the next day thursday the day before practice the finalists were to head to the track Hmm. where we would be going to the paddock club. Yep. And having a ceremony where in that moment, all of the judges for the innovation prize would be present and would basically make their decision or, or call out, the final winner of this $50,000 grand prize and, you know, trophies and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, we get up the next morning and, you know, I mean, it's just butterflies for me because this is, this this big intense competition thing. Uh, meet the other contestants. Everyone is very much like everyone's lovely, very yes. friendly people, but everyone is very much like in a little bit of like a standoff yeah. and, and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, you know, although, although my buddy Doug had said, you know, Johnny, it's not fair for you to enter this. Um, yeah. you know, it wasn't, I, I wasn't competing a bunch against, you know, uh, uh, hobbyists or, or children or anything of that nature. It was, yeah. um, almost everyone else were owners of small businesses or studios or agencies working in, you know, technology and innovation and software spaces. And so, you know, meeting everyone one by one. And then we, you know, we pile into, pile into a van, they bring us to Coda. Literally the van drops us off. Like at the, it's not like, you know, it's not like what I've experienced any other time going to a formula one race where it's like, you know, walking a mile and a half to get into the the grounds it's luxury you know sprinter uh van just dumps us out right at the the staircases going into the paddock club and just even that to me just seeing like the paddock club which if you're not familiar with formula one it's sort of a trademark thing uh that you know you sit you sit at the you know the front row of a knicks game at the garden or in Formula One, you go to the Paddock Club, which is just like an all-out top-flight experience where you have views directly above uh, pit lane, um, and and all of this. So, uh, oh, here, you know what I'm going to do, Corey? This is going to be terrible for our our medium that is focused on uh, sound. But I'm going to yeah. share my screen, and I'm going to give you like a. A little bit of like a slideshow of uh Ooh, of well, all the, I'm gonna of narrate what's going on. 
So folks, right, we're so. we're in some we're in some drop down menus here. Johnny's pulling up some some amazing uh some amazing <laughs> photographs that he took. We're we're looking at drop down menus and what all right, you see that right there, right? Oh god. Uh, folks, um there is a lanyard. Now I've had a I've I've had my fair share of lanyards uh as someone who has attended festivals and has been performing in them and done all sorts of things. This VIP card that John is showing me right here is maybe one of the most uh, beautiful pieces of badgery that I've ever seen uh, in my life. It's just gorgeous. My God. It is. Yeah. It is like Lord of the Rings caliber, something to be sought after this, uh, yeah. this, this VIP badge on a, on a lanyard. So, uh, we, we get dumped out at Incredible. the paddock club at Coda. Uh, Coda's, you know, it's a beautiful facility, you know, it's the gotta yeah. be out of all the tracks, uh, all the recent tracks. It has to be at the cross section of both like recently built and no expense spared really really spectacular uh facility so we arrive and one of the first things that we do is we start doing a bunch of like reality show style uh video shoots where they're doing like slow motion videos of us like walking up and down the front straightaway at coda yeah. and like being like look at the camera or like look past the camera and look really serious and all this bullshit and whatnot um and and doing all of this uh all this different and in- insanity uh we oh, we pile yeah. in to the event and it's you know again butterflies uh each of the contestants has their own sort of display that somebody else at you know the innovation prize committee or whatnot have made a display and like a flat screen setup that is showing your entry and yeah. whatnot with the idea that for the next hour the judges are just going to mingle around with everybody uh, there's also a bunch of press that are there, both local and international press who are there covering mm-hmm. it. And everyone's going to mill around and uh, basically ask questions and, you know, talk about stuff. And, they, you know, they're pulling us aside one by one to do candid interviews and all this stuff. So it's just like, you know, it's just the pressure cooker keeps on uh, keeps on dialing up. Uh, meanwhile, you could step just Jesus. outside our luxury box in the paddock club, this like luxury suite that we are yeah. in, which is like a multi-purpose event space. And there's just seats that are just overlooking uh, the straightaway. And we're directly above. We are at the all the way at the end of pit lane. We're actually above the bay that they keep the medical car and the safety car in. And the medical what? car and the safety car are doing oh. laps around the track oh and doing God. and doing where like they pull up and they line up at the start finish and literally drag race each other so this is the the Mercedes AMG yep. GT long hood coupe and then uh, as the safety car and then the medical yep. car which is that uh C63 AMG wagon and they're God. literally just doing drag race starts and then just like doing bonsai runs around the track and whatnot just that alone is amazing same time they also have uh some of the f1 drivers are there and are doing mm-hmm. these uh i forget what they call them they like take people out in like a street car on the track and like you know 
film yeah, they, promotional stuff and whatnot. It's like, yeah, like it's like the the hot lap that you see. Um, that exactly. Like it's basically, yeah, they'll just take them out in like either their, you know, if if it's Danny Ricardo or Lando, they're in a McLaren. If it's Lewis, uh, he's in an AMG Black. Um, or like you know, uh, any of those. I'm guessing Red Bull. I think that was Honda at the time, so they probably had them taking out like NSXs and stuff. Um, oh God, incredible! So at this point, I get a chance to chat it up a little bit with each of the judges, and mm-hmm. uh, the first one who was just chilling out there and approached me and was like, "Hey, John, like you know, this must be really cool for you because you're the only American finalist here, and we're here at an American track. Like, you know, tell me what's what's going on." And I was just immediately like, oh, my God, it's James Allen. James Allen used to host <sighs> the the post-race interviews and whatnot, uh, had a, a phenomenal uh, podcast and is, you know, still to this day, uh, one of the most respected Formula One journalists. Uh, yeah. Chatted with with him for a little bit. Uh, I crossed paths with Martin Brundle. Who was incredibly uh, generous with his his time and his conversation? Um, Martin was. I'm I'm looking. So we're looking at. John is still uh, sharing his screen, and I'm getting pictures here of this. And I have to say that Martin Brundle is a lot taller than I expected him to be. Uh, As as one of the old school race car drivers, uh, that like he, I, I expect them to all be like five five at most like five mm-hmm. four five five but he's like you're i mean i'm sure he's wearing like lifts in his shoes because yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah he's rocking the like, the robert downey jr platforms <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know uh, 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 Ma- martin brundle uh, a mate like really sweet guy and yeah. i asked him and i i found it uh really you know it, it touched me that when I asked him a question, he didn't give me like this, like immediately canned response, but he had, he had this really thoughtful breakdown. And I was basically just saying like, you know, what, you know, how do you, how do you balance when you're talking about formula one to your audience? Like, how do you balance it between the people who are the super geeks and the people who are, are very casual. And he was like, that's, that's a huge challenge. And it's a huge part of what I do. And he said, like, you know, I, I tell myself every day, like, you know, I don't bullshit myself. There's a very yeah. good chance that a large portion of the audience were planning on mowing their lawn, but it rained that day. So they went inside and turned on the TV and Formula One happened to be on. And I and it's yeah. my duty to engage them, but also not at the expense of, you know, alienating the the diehard fans and, and those who you know, have a more uh, sophisticated understanding of of the sport. Uh, right. Super, super fun talking yeah. with uh, with him. Yeah, that's honestly, yeah, that's a tightrope that I, I mean, I I've considered, but the fact that he has to do that every single time he yeah. is thrown to, he has to take that into consideration. Yeah, that's something that I think is probably underappreciated. Uh, by all of the fandom, uh, in, including the super geeks like myself and you, and also uh, the the super casual fans, uh, or the people who have just, like you said, 
it rained that day or their, you know, or it, their kids mm-hmm. soccer game got rained out. So they ended up staying home and it's like, I thought there was NASCAR going to be on. What the hell is this stuff? Uh, yeah. Or I thought, <laughs> I thought like literally anything else was going to be on. Um, <laughs> so I just turned the TV on and there's fast cars. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. Hmm. So, uh, from there I cross paths with Ross Braun, my God. literally Ross Braun and talk to him. He was another one of the judges and he was complimentary of my, my entry and, you know, uh, was, was talking to him about it for a little bit, like Ross Braun. So I'm, I'm sharing right now a picture of God. myself standing next to Ross Braun and he almost looks like he's like in the middle of a laugh, which like that was my biggest takeaway from meeting Ross Braun was like, yeah, he was delightfully jolly. And I always think of him as being the most like intensely calculated, hyper serious individual. And yeah. I was I was blown away by how like warm he was in his general huh. demeanor. This guy's a legend. If you're not yeah. familiar, uh, you know, he is currently running the entire sport, which was why he was here before that had set up Braun F1, which evolved almost immediately into the multi-championship Mercedes Formula mm-hmm. One team, mega dominant. And before that was Michael Schumacher's coach at Ferrari yeah. and and guiding him through all of his biggest uh, championship wins. Like saw uh, this the guy's- return of form uh, like in Michael Schumacher, like Michael Schumacher, for those who are unfamiliar with uh, the way that he kind of uh, showed up at Ferrari, Ferrari, as much as we talk about Ferrari right now, ooh, Ferrari was a nightmare when Schumacher uh, and Braun showed up. And they, not single-handedly, uh, but they motivated the rest of that team uh, as two people who are not Italian. Like usually it takes like Italians to motivate Ferrari to show up because it's a, it's a point of national pride. Uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, absolutely. Ferrari is synonymous with the Italian culture and it's synonymous with formula one. So it takes a lot for two outsiders, uh, to show up and revitalize Ferrari the way that they did. I mean, incredible. So at this point, I am, uh, I, I mean, I'm like in another dimension. Like I yeah. am, uh, I'm, yeah, you can see it on your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. I have had these unbelievable encounters and I'm getting really excited and I'm starting to get, uh, I would even say uh, uncharacteristically confident in my chances here. Uh, as I was meeting, you know, some of the other contestants, some of them initially were even giving me like a little, like were a little extra frosty towards me. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's, 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 that's what, a good yeah. sign. That's what you I'm looking for. You know who your bear that's, is. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is, this is, uh, this is what I'm, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, and, I love it. Uh, and, and there, there were, uh, uh, a couple of guys who were there, uh, really, really nice gentlemen who, who I had met, uh, who were, who were, uh, one of which was one of the other contestants. And he, you know, the moment he met me, he was just like, oh man, you're the, you know, the black Panther guy. Like, oh man, this is, this is great. Like, you know, it's just cool just to, you know, uh, get to get a chance to hang out with you and whatnot. So, I'm um, feeling, feeling a little, feel a little confident and the excitement is building and they're like, all right, 
it's like five minutes until we're going to announce the winner. But, oh uh, and there's a couple other judges that I didn't mention. There was, uh, I think it was Mehul Kapadia, who is part of uh, Tata Communications. Um, and then one last judge who all of a sudden they said, all right, our final judge is like en route and like literally people are on like earpieces and stuff and talking to each other. And literally the room gets this insane tension through the whole room because the final judge, Lewis Hamilton is on his way to our suite. And it was like, literally like it was like a scurry as if like the Pope was about to show up and everybody's like frantically being like, all right, let's make sure everything's ready to go. You know, Sir Lewis Hamilton's going to, going to pop in here. He's going to, you know, come in and, and whatnot. Let's make sure everything's all set to go. Um, Hamilton arrives, all the media people that are in the room, you know, naturally flock around him. Of course. And, you know, before even anything happens, there's like mini interviews and questions about what's going to happen this weekend. And, and, um, they begin the proper ceremony and there's five finalists and what they're going to do to maintain the, the tension and the excitement is they're going to announce the final three. Oh, Jesus. They Jesus announced Christ. the third place winner, and uh, it's not me. And my wife and I are like literally squeezing hands, you know, standing like, there okay, okay. Yeah, at I'm, this table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they announce second place, and second place is awarded to John Lapore, myself, and so. I, I lean over, I grab my wife, I give her a huge kiss, I run over, I'm uh I I I should not be, I have no right to be, but I am I am a little bit disappointed in this particular moment. Of course. Uh As, I go, look, I, I I Yeah. I I jump up on stage, I grab uh my trophy, I squeeze the hands of uh you know uh Ross Braun. And uh, and Lewis Hamilton. Let me see here. I've got yeah. There we go. I've got a. I, I am very Wild. thankful that my their God, like, I'm event photographer caught an actual photo of me shaking hands with Lewis Hamilton. It's like my most prized possession. And literally, I pull this thing out in every single like business pitch that I do, or uh, uh, in the, particularly in the automotive space. Like it's uh, it's nothing. I mean, you know, this is just my my old buddy. Lewis, Sir Lewis, we yeah. go way back. That's just me and uh, seven, seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah, no, you know, no, and I'm, I'm no like, I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm pissed because I'm like, I, I kind of have to take my second place trophy and get the hell out of here so they can give out the first place trophy. And uh, yeah, and 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 I can't be like Lewis. I just want to let you know that, like, you know, I named my cat after you because he's the seven-time <laughs> world champion of yeah. throwing up cat food. And uh, and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so after that, uh, <laughs> the the number one prize is awarded to uh, the fantastically talented uh, Jamie Go. Jamie was one of the uh, out of the contestants that I had met that morning, like over continental breakfast. He was uh, easily the most outgoing out of all of them. And 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 was also saying like damn like i can't believe like you know we got the black panther guy here jamie gets up 
they hand them the microphone and they go, Jamie, go, you just won the Formula One Innovation Prize and $50,000. Tell everyone, how are you feeling right now? And I shit you not. God damn it, Jamie. You son of a bitch. The first words out of his mouth were, <laughs> oh, I was certain John was going to win. That was literally the first thing they said. Oh, I was just, oh, no. you, you, you motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah it's all good yep. jamie's uh jamie's a uh he's he's really bright dude uh a very very talented guy but also really kind guy uh we literally ended up uh probably spending the majority of the rest of our race weekend hanging out in a in a close proximity to this guy we had a had a, had an absolute blast with him uh and are and are still in touch with we've narrowly missed we were supposed to meet him at Monza in 2020. But of course, uh, the world kind of flew off the rails for uh, for that. Yep. So uh, from that point, uh, the wine starts flowing. There's incredible wine being served and all sorts of like of super course. fancy hors d'oeuvres and, and whatnot. And we stuff our faces. I think like I probably drank a bottle of wine in about 30 minutes, uh, you know, right there on the spot. Um, uh, I, as I you stole, as, as I, you I literally, I was the dude that went to one of the caterers and I was just like, Hey, you got any more of those paddock club napkins? Because I'm never coming back near this place ever again. And I want to end like, and I didn't get yes. to take $50,000 home with me. So if I could just get some paddock club napkins, like, 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 you know, 50 of them or so, that would be great. Gloria, put these yeah, in your just, purse. And she's yeah, like, they're what? worth a thousand bucks each. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? What are you doing, John? Yeah. Like, why are you taking? I'm like, Gloria, they're paddock club napkins. Stuff them in your purse. God damn it. Don't understand. Um, there might be. They might. That there might be gold leaf on these. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I still have some. I got. I actually got to dig them up. I do. Have, they're they're lovely paddock club. They're one of you my prized. You should most frame prized at least one of those. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh uh, and, and we, and we got like, uh, all right. So, uh, s- uh, the first place prize, $50,000, second place prize, nothing, uh, zero zilch, but, uh, I can't yeah. complain because everything yep. that followed after this was absolutely mind blowing. So, uh, immediately following the ceremony, they take us on a paddock tour and the paddock tour goes straight oh down God. into the paddock. And we're walking by Ooh. the not the front side of the garages, not the open side. We're going by the back side, um, and yeah. we're going by and we're seeing all the different team names and everything. You know, and my wife and I are posing in front of the the entrance to the Mercedes garage, and they say, "Okay, mm-hmm. next stop, let's go in through this back door of the Mercedes garage." And we go all the way into the Mercedes garage. Oh like we walk all the way through their whole garage, like the snaking hallways. And we got a guided tour of the Mercedes garage. Like literally like they're being like, this is the little station where like they'll grab uh, oil out of the vehicle and do a metal metallurgy, metallology, uh, you know, examinations of it, you know, mid race yeah. weekend and and whatnot. And they're walking us all through. There uh, is a guy who is saying like, he's giving us this full guide to, and these are the workstations that they use and, and whatnot. And then he says, Oh, let me see if I can find 
one of the steering wheels. I want to show you guys how detailed and intricate the steering wheels are. And he's opening up the drawers. The drawers, like these like tool chests are like, they're, they're just so clean. They're so goddamn clean. Like they're so yeah. perfect. Like they're every gorgeous. single, yeah. like every single tool is like placed in there as if it's silverware on like the queen of England's table. And like, it's, it's meticulous. It's unbelievable. And the guy is struggling. And he's like, sorry, I can't find uh, the steering wheel. I wanted to show you Nico's uh, steering wheel or sorry, not Nico of uh, Valtteri's steering wheel. And I literally point over to the side. I'm like, there it is right there. And he's just kind of like, about that. Uh, because clearly he was looking for like their like second or third string steering wheel or like their replica steering wheel or whatnot. And what I had spotted <laughs> yeah, the was thing, like yeah. the thing. I was like, no, no, it's, it's right there. And he was like, oh, okay. And he very, very carefully picks it up and brings it over <laughs> to us. He's like, please, nobody touch this. But this is, you know, the $150,000 steering wheel with the, you know, all the switches and dials. And he's literally giving us a, like a breakdown of what every single dial and button does on the wheel. And then they bring us out to Jesus car and they have a car sitting right outside the garage and the car is Lewis Hamilton's car and it is not a spare car. It is not a show car. It is the car that tomorrow he will be running uh, practice in. And on Sunday he will be competing in the race with, and this guy gave us a, about a 20 minute oh my God. monologue walkthrough of every different asset and and like component of the vehicle in great detail. I actually have like I think I've got most of it on video somewhere and it was just like just amazing. And so I'm showing right now Corey a picture of my wife and I sitting crouched literally sandwiched between the front left wheel and the main bodywork of Lewis Hamilton's competition vehicle that he went on to win the championship with later that year that's Um, that's the championship silver arrow right there that's yeah that's it that is it and as gloria likes to say uh he he won that championship because uh she even though she was instructed not to she did reach out and come in contact with it and that car has been touched by an angel (laughs) so uh, <laughs> yes, that is, yes, uh, yes, it has. Yes, it has. Um, from here and sorry, I, you know, you, I, you could tell I could go on for like 90 more minutes about this. So I'll try to pick up pace, but, uh, we, we, we continue through the paddock and we make our way to the broadcast tent. They brought us into the broadcast tent, which is when I say tent, it's like a, yeah. You know, it's it's like the Pentagon, but the walls are like nylon uh, is the most elaborate. Uh, And I've actually been inside. I've been inside like the Mets broadcast uh, structure. Uh, Most major sports are broadcast. This is a thing In, in broadcast sports. They take place in arenas and they have a truck. They have like a tractor trailer rig that they back into the arena and within that truck, like basically shipping container size is a broadcast studio. The formula one broadcast tent 
is at least eight times the size of what they would use to broadcast like the the uh, uh, basketball game or whatnot is insane. And I mean, like hallways and, you know, like a labyrinth going through there. Um, absolutely mesmerizing, really wild. And no question, I'm quite tipsy at this point. Uh, both harnessing, yeah. bouncing back and forth, oscillating between still being like, damn, I wonder what I could have done with the $50,000 that I didn't win. With the 50, but also... Yeah. But also at the same time being like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that I am here right now. Access. Yeah, this is a dream. This is witnessing. Yeah, this, this is fully I mean, a I, dream. Yeah. I specifically, the gentleman who walked us through Lewis's car, who, and it was, it was kind of a beautiful thing because he was sort of like uh, presented as though he's like one of the team engineers. He's clearly like a really polished, like PR person, but like came off as though yeah. he was like, yeah, yeah. And we, you know, me and the boys will be doing this on the car tomorrow. Um, but gave this really eloquent presentation and walkthrough of the vehicle. And like, I gave him like, uh, the, the tightest handshake and then like, you know, uh, half hug <laughs> that I possibly could. And I just was like, I, I can't, you know, I need you to know, I'm sure you do this all the time. And I'm sure many, uh, can only absorb so much of this, but I feel so unbelievably privileged right now to be able to experience this in the flesh and, and, you know, not have somebody chasing me away from the, the place where I am right now. Uh, yeah, or even ushering you along to like speed through it, you know, like that's, yeah, like this was, this was an experience that was made for you. Like this wasn't a like, oh, you just get to be here and get to be a part of it. It's like, no, this whole thing is exist. Like it exists for the five finalists who came through like that. No, I mean, it was, it was, it was lovely. I mean, it was like every time we walked into a room, there was like somebody that would be like, Hey, the people that we were supposed to, you know, give a tour to they're here. Like everyone get over, you know, come around and people would like scurry over and walk, answer any questions that we had, you know, same thing in the, in the broadcast, uh, tent and whatnot. Um, we were just about to make our way out of there and, uh, you know, I think they were like, does anybody need to use the restroom? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got, I'm now, I'm now like two bottles of paddock wine, uh, paddock club wine deep. Uh, let me see that, that restroom. And the only restroom that was immediately accessible in the moment was in the press, uh, building that is set up, which is a different building where typically the press congregate and, uh, although it was pretty strictly off limits and guarded, uh, we absolutely made our way to the, the press conference room and like, literally like there was nobody else in there. There was no one else around. And we saw like, we just peeked through a crack in the door and we're like, oh my God, there's the press conference room, which is like the counter with the microphone, with the backdrop behind it that says, you know, FIA, Formula One World Championship and all that stuff. Yeah. And so we were just like, get the f- up there, grab the microphone, we're taking yeah. pictures. <laughs> and so we've got, you know, we've got pictures of of all of us, uh, you know, there 
uh, pretending to do uh, post-race interviews, which was an absolute delight. So uh, from there, that that basically closed out the first real on the ground day. And this was only Thursday. Um, yeah. Yeah. Went out. This is went still out like media day. It's not even like actual yeah, yeah. if the event hasn't started yet. And this is your experience already. So made uh, made our way out on the town that night. Um, had mm-hmm. a had a blast. Uh, ended up linking up with uh, Jamie and uh, Jamie, the the winner of the contest, and his best friend Stephen, who is also an absolute blast. We had a wonderful time hanging with those guys, and you know, got ourselves into a rowdy little evening in downtown Austin. Austin, as one does, unbelievable city. Mm-hmm. The next day was practice. Um, we sacrificed practice. We said we're not going to go to the track for practice because the kids are at home. Uh, Mrs. Lapore is with me, and we're going to spend a day exploring Austin. We got ourselves uh, uh, little little electric bikes that you know you pick up on any street corner. We made our way to a few different barbecue joints, hit up Voodoo Donuts, uh, visited the Capitol, did all the all the fun things in in downtown Austin. Had a merry old time. Um, that night, so this is it's Friday night at that point, right? It's Friday night at that point, and. I shit you not. I get a message from two former colleagues of mine who are saying like, we just saw pictures on Instagram. Are you in Austin right now? So yes, yes, I am. (laughs) They say, well, so are we, uh, my buddy, Ted, um, who I don't think you've ever met, uh, is there and it's his little brother's bachelor party. Oh, and uh, in addition to uh, uh, Ted, uh, one of his good buddies is someone that you do know, uh, my man, John Coltai. And so, yeah, Coltai. Yeah. So uh, Coltai, Coltai is the person that as I grew older uh, and got more and more timid, uh, Coltai stayed uh, resilient and incredibly youthful and was always my like yeah. gateway back to, I guess, like the, the college version of myself <laughs> effectively. And yeah. So a little, uh, a little b- b- behind the, a little behind the scenes with Colt is when I moved to California, Colt, was like, Hey, so, um, I'm going on a surf trip in Baja and I have to get my van out there. Do you want to drive my van across country? And I was like, dude. Oh, I'm, man. I, I, uh, that sounds like a dream. When would I have to go? And he's like, oh, it's like this weekend. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally, I'm, I can't. I'm picking up my life and moving across country. I can't leave two and a half weeks early just because I get to drive your van by myself across the country. So that's a little little peek at who Coltai is and the way that he lives his life. Uh just a uh, true rock star of, of a human being. Yeah, he's uh he's he's awesome. He's great, great, Amazing. great dude. Um, so we uh you know, we I tell Gloria, you know, thinking like this is 
this might be my wife's worst nightmare that yes uh two of my old buddies are in town and they're having a bachelor party and she says yeah well let's let's go have you know let's go meet up with them it'll be great to see them let's try and like you know rain it in a little bit we went pretty pretty hard all day today and you know all of this stuff and and whatnot let's let's try rain it in we'll have like one drink with them and then we'll we'll get going and i think what did it was that we were at this uh, uh austin known for fantastic <laughs> uh live music we're at this beer garden where we met up with them and it was the it was the E Street brass band that played local act okay. based in Austin. They tore the roof off the place. It's just a brass band. And they blew the place up. Yeah. Like if you think of like if you've ever heard of like the hypnotic brass ensemble or any of these other like really fun, really playful, almost like hip hop inspired brass bands. Um, this was this was one of those, and it was incredible it was so much fun and then basically just fast forward to and and i mean was it was the sort of scenario where like you know gloria's turning to me and be like come on don't be don't be let's get out there and you know let's let's roll with them to the next spot and so we tagged along this sounds so much like gloria this is very much like you being like i don't know what if i want to expose you to like uh you know, just like a full-on night of debauchery in Austin and smash cut to her being like, this is not nearly debaucherous enough. Let's get out there. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so that was the way, that was the way it went down. Um, the, let's see it. It basically, you know, fast forward whole bunch of blurry photographs that look like this. Um, I see someone who and, looks like they're playing a trumpet of some sort uh, or some yeah. sort of brass instrument. Yeah, that's yep, what that looked yep. like. Oh, that would be that would God. be appropriate. Um, and yeah, and just you know that that was warp speed uh, into uh, into the end of the night. Uh, bars close at two a.m. in Austin, and yeah. we're out yeah. on we're out on Sixth Street which is like that's the that is the the spot the bars are all shutting down and although the street was bustling all night the street's now extra bustling because no one's inside any of the venues and they're out on the street right is it an open and container city as well or is it, is, is it not it an is open, open container uh, it is. i'm pretty okay. sure it was i'm pretty sure it was open container and all of that and uh, so yeah uh, it sounds about right now, this was actually the darkest moment of the whole weekend. There was a shooting in the middle of 6th Street at about 2.15 oh in the morning, uh, like on the block where we were. And Whoa. we later found out we later found out that it was a very like isolated or sort of like personal incident of sorts. Yeah. yeah. But Austin is at this point filled with an exuberant and very international crowd. Right. And there are people from all around the world who are visiting the heart of Texas and immediately in that moment are convinced, and you can see it on people's faces, are convinced that they are now trapped in a typical American 
good old yep. classic active shooter situation. <sighs> and yep. uh, I was like this immediately sobering moment. I mean, watching uh, tourists and, and others like banging on the doors of bars, like begging them to open them, to let them inside. Let us back in. Yeah. Um, and, and all of this and people just, you know, scattered was complete chaos. Our, our little group with the bachelor party got all mixed up. We eventually found each other again and basically said, all right, well, yeah, that's, that's it. The night is definitely over now. Yeah. And, uh, went, yeah. we went on our way. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Ooh. Ah, that it's a, what what a low low when you've just come from like the highest of the highs eh, just a and, sobering and, reminder and a, of like you're in texas yeah that's yeah. it yeah i mean just a you know just a slice of uh of america for all the all the international fans out there so moving on from that yeah, of course saturday of course qualifying we head to the track and for the first yeah. time we visit our seats uh, the seats that we have been given are spectacular. They are directly across uh, from the Mercedes garage on the the front straightaway. We have a crystal clear view yeah. of all of the Damn, activity dude. happening in the the pit lane, uh, basically up and down the pit lane. I mean, you could see yeah. any any pit lane uh uh area you can see into as any much garage. as yeah. uh, as as you would like to see um <laughs> clear as day uh we watch uh <laughs> we 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 watch uh qualifying the, unfold. The, the ferrari pope picture <laughs> so uh so so yeah so i'm flipping through pictures so so this is this is a big thing for me when i am at a formula one race and I feel like it's going to be different yeah. uh, now in this new age and not in a way that's worse. But for me, being at a Formula One race, it's like the only time that I would ever walk around and see anyone else who is a Formula One fan and just like cross past them. Past yeah. them. And so yeah. I get extra excited when I see anybody who's got particularly emphatic displays of formula one enthusiasm and so on qualifying day i did cross paths with the ferrari pope uh literally a dude dressed up as a pope with a giant ferrari prancing horse on his pope uh what is that a crown the the what what, what's the tall hat Uh, that the pope wears i mean it's just the hat yeah the pope hat yeah if if you're thinking of what yeah, yeah. If you're thinking of what a pope hat's uh, a pope's hat looks like, that's what it looks like. That's what, but it's a prancing horse instead of um, uh, probably a jewel encrusted hat. Um, yeah, it's the Scuderia Ferrari prancing horse. My God. So, and it's for, I mean, pope. for me, this it's is like it's just spectacular to see anything like this, you know, in in person um and clearly yeah, absolutely this pope's the the ferrari pope's significant other walking next to him <laughs> yeah just like with her head down a little bit like ah, oh, god but like so i made i just <sighs> i i took it upon myself to just make sure that i captured on camera anytime that i could anyone who seemed like they were like an extra emphatic fan and i would just shout to them like 
you know, I saw this guy with Ferrari Pope, you know, and I held my, you know, camera up and took a, took a shot of him. It's lovely. Absolutely beautiful. Um, that night qualifying night, uh, we stayed at the track after qualifying, found some barbecue at the track. They had unbelievable vendors at the track. They had a whole like multiple different areas where there were tons of, uh, exceptional hyper local vendors making barbecue, making every, any kind of food you could imagine. Great stuff all around, yeah. uh, that night. Uh, there was a concert at the track. It was a, they had a, a, a double feature Saturday night after qualifying Bruno Mars Sunday night after the race, <laughs> Britney Spears. And, and we had, we had already wow, decided like, yeah. know, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna around with Britney Spears, but Bruno Mars, I'm not particularly a fan, but we figure, uh, he's probably a, a great entertainer. You know, like it seems like he, yes. you know, would would put on a show and whatnot. And so, as yes. the as as day turned to afternoon, we start heading over towards the what is effectively a the concert venue at the track, which they hold concerts at, totally separate from race weekends of any sort. Like it's just a huge event space. And I don't know what I was expecting, but it was enormous and i mean and it was also i mean it was a long it was a really long walk to like it was like a two mile walk to get to i mean this is an enormous track absolutely enormous track two mile walk to where the the concert venue was and when we got there well in advance of the concert actually starting it was already evident that like Oh crap! Like we're attending a conference, a concert that has fifteen thousand, maybe twenty thousand, maybe thirty thousand attendees. Absolutely enormous. And so it was one of these things where it was like, you know, like, like I think that ant on stage is Bruno Mars. And whatnot. It was still great. It was, it was wonderful. Uh, you know, huge fireworks show at the conclusion of the concert and, and whatnot. Uh, crazy, uh, insane, like mud and slipping and falling and whatnot. But, uh, and weird that out there, they actually had almost no lighting. Like even when the concert finished, like you're still in like pitch dark, trying to find your way out there without eating it. In the right. Mud. But it was fine because the beer vendors were a plenty and it kept everything moving beautifully. <laughs> important. Very important. Uh, enter race day. Yeah. Sunday yeah. morning, show up to the track. Um, I, uh, this was like the first time that I felt like I was making like a normal entry to the track. Our van let us out like midway into the parking lot and was like, ah, we can't, it's too busy today. We can't like pull you right up to the paddock club. So make your way in. And so Sorry, you got to walk with past all the, all the, all the, all the plebes. Yeah. Yeah. All the plebes <laughs> stuck there with all the plebes, um, making our way in. Uh, I loved that, uh, upon entrance, the first thing that I saw was a vendor, who uh, had his sign up saying breakfast beer. And uh, I was extremely game right. for, for some of that. Uh, all right. Yeah. So yeah. here's this thing that I don't have well documented. 
which is that uh, one of the other finalists with me was this mm-hmm. guy, Datu, who works in a similar field, has all the same experience, but also himself is like, I don't want to slander Datu in any way, but he is basically like a mm-hmm. professional contest winner. He has oh. won. He explained to me that he has won contest after contest. He has won. He had. He was a previous winner of the Formula One Innovation Prize. He was a winner oh. of the GT Academy, the like Gran Turismo, like do really good playing the video game and we will let you get into a real race car. He did that stuff. Yeah. And he was one of the finalists. And as we were going in, he points out to me that they have a tent just as an activity. They have the Pirelli Mm -hmm. pit stop challenge. And the Pirelli pit stop challenge is a tent that has uh, four or six in a row front ends of faux Formula One cars, just the front end with a tire on each side. And you do a, they hold a competition to see how quickly can you, can you change a single tire? And he says, John, come with me. Do you have time? We're going to do this. We're going to win this competition. They all week, all weekend long, they're doing this and they're taking times and they save the very, very best times and whatnot. Right. I'm like, Oh, sure. Why not? Let's, let's do it. He's like, we, I need three people for a team and he's got his wife with him. It's like, Uh my wife is, you know, she knows what to do. If you can be our third member of the team, we can do this. We can win this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm like, ah, gosh, that line looks like it's at least like a half hour long. I don't know. I come on and get like some macaroni and cheese and a beer. And like, you know, he's like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. So wait online. As we're waiting online, Datu starts putting on uh, knee pads. uh, And he's got, uh, and he's got like gloves that he's brought and stuff. And his wife's, Got gloves that she's putting okay, on. Okay. All this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. He's like, don't worry. We've we've got this, John. And we go up there and literally, and there's and it was this, there was this crazy thing. There was like these super sloppy drunk people in front of us <laughs> who were like straight out of like a like an 80s villains, like yuppie villains from an 80s movie. That were just like they were they were super wasted and like falling all over each other. But the girl was like starting to like kind of make making fun of him for having gloves and whatnot. And like, you know, I mean, like 45 seconds ago, it sounded like I was almost making fun of Tatsu yeah. for wearing gloves. But this person was they were just a piece of shit. they were just Holy. awful. And yeah, yeah. uh we uh we waited, we waited our turn. They kind of clogged up the line and they had like a countdown timer of like, oh, it's like it's race day. So we have to close out the winner like very soon because it has to close out uh, uh, like, you know, a little bit or we have to land on our finalists at this point. Right. And we and we got up to the front of the line and they were like, sorry, guys, I think we're out of time. And we basically just talked to the person. We we're like, 
those drunks were absolute monsters. They were holding us back in the line and they were like, yeah, I know they were the worst. Like yeah. we had to like, you know, they were almost like, we almost had to kick them out of here because they were being unsafe with the equipment and all this with stuff. Those like, all right. Why don't you guys, yeah, yeah. why don't you guys squeeze in there? And so we go in there and we fire off a blazing fast. I forget what it was. Gloria's got a video of it somewhere. Yeah. I think we did a tire. We did a single tire change, not four tires. Right, right. But the three of us did do a tire change in like like 2.8 seconds. Oh, okay. And that put us into the finalist group. Yeah. And so we were uh we then went up, we did the 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 next round of finalist stuff and we freaking won it. Damn. We won out of out of the like thousand people that did this. So within within our stupid contest, yeah, we have won another contest. And I haven't I haven't even explained the stakes for this. But on this day, we have our awesome seats. Yeah, but we do not have paddock access or anything like that. Right, right. The prize for winning the pit stop challenge contest is paddock. Oh access. my god. Uh, that's incredible. But also presents another quandary because it's myself, Ooh. Datu, and his wife Oops. that have won paddock access. Yeah, not, not Gloria, four people. And it's not and it's not like and bring a friend along with you. It's just like no 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 no. Like we're going into yeah. the paddock. And so uh Gloria's a champ. She's a she's an awesome sport, and she hangs back and before the race begins, they basically bring us back into the paddock, which is amazing because we see this is a photo of Daniel Ricardo's back. I was just going to say, I uh, saw Danny Rick in there earlier. Yeah, you can't. That's a that's a gate that is unmistakable. Yeah. And wow. so it's so different from on Thursday when we were back in the paddock because it's a buzz with you know, it's, it's the place to be. It yeah. is the paddock club experience. And so, uh, you see this photograph, this, this girl is the like formula one tour guide. Who's like giving okay. us the, like the, like, okay, this is, you know, this is where we go. And we're seeing all the Ooh. team members. We're seeing the drivers walking around. We're seeing everybody, uh, all around in the mix Oh, and what we're, we're oh, uh, Johnny okay, showed me so, pictures. He just, I, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, we can go back on. and I'll, touch I'll, on those I'll, in a I'll, sec. Yeah. Oh, what? I'll, uh, so what? So, oh my God, it's just crazy. This is, and, and this is like building up to the race actually beginning. Uh, I holler to Gloria and I say, all right, I'm going to come back out and I'm going to meet you at our seats so I can spend some time with you. Cause I feel like I'm leaving you yeah. high and dry here. Yeah, yeah. And we do that. But then we devise a plan and we're able to basically she comes over and she and we basically do a little thing where we find somebody else who has a paddock pass and we I, I get it with me. I have to on my way out, you have to like in and out, you have to scan your pass and you have to scan it on your way out. And so I scan it out and then yeah. I like freeze. I'm like, oh, sorry, mine didn't scan. I switch it for another pass that I've borrowed from somebody else. Scan and I come out, give Gloria another pass that we're borrowing from somebody else. And I bring perfect. her in and now she's in oh, the, perfect. The, the back of the paddock with me. And it's just, 
we basically spent the whole race, which is weird because we're there to see Formula One cars. And we're yeah. not really seeing much of them in person because we're watching them on the like television screens that are like within each team's like base. Yeah. In in the paddock. These like motor then, homes that you see that are erected uh, and different like, yeah, operation spots. Oh, my God. And so, you know, uh, Glory and I bump into Will Buxton. Wow. Um, I I literally cross paths with with Mark Weber and I'm just Wild. like, oh, come on. Another ridiculously ruggedly handsome guy like myself. Let's take a picture <laughs> together. And uh, um, amazing. Datu, of course, because Datu, Datu's Ooh. like, I've done this before. Yeah. Here's yeah. the deal. The race is going to end soon. When we get to the last two laps of the race, all the journalists, all the photographers, all the media, they form a line in the paddock. Right. That is when they get to the last lap of the race, they open the gates and they let all the media out in front of the garages. Right. And he says, come with me and we'll do this. And so we do this. Because the cars are all placed in Park for in Park for May. Well, they're, they're not they're not there yet, but they will be coming in. Right, right. And in doing that, I literally end up with my chest against the gates as the cars pull into like not normal Park Fermé, but the 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 podium finishers race. Park yeah. Fermé, yeah, directly below the podium. And so Damn. I am literally standing amongst the photographers and all the pit crews of all the teams. Yeah. Yep. And in this race, it was a special race mm-hmm. because Kimi Raikkonen won the race. Yep. And it's extra special because Kimi Raikkonen at the time was driving for Ferrari. Yeah. And so I am standing in the most religious of Formula One experiences, which is that I am deep in the shit. Yeah. Right alongside the whole Ferrari pit crew as the Italian national anthem plays. Oh my God. And yeah. in that moment, I'm pretty sure I like called you on my cell phone and like uh I, I think like nothing probably got through. Yeah. But course. I was just trying to play you know, through my phone, the sound of the national anthem with the Ferrari pit crew, like screaming along to it at the top of their lungs. Uh, (sighs) And was, I mean, just like the most deep in it that I feel like you could, you could possibly, you could possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there are the John's throwing pictures up here on the screen where, uh, we've, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Ted Kravitz. Uh, uh, he was in very close proximity to, uh, Dr. Helmet Marco, uh, just yeah. a, a bunch of, and then like literally the picture of you, uh, yeah, you're, he's like right in there amongst the marshals. And I think, who do I see? Yeah, in the you background? can see, you can see, uh, yep. so it's, uh, David Coulthard. Uh-huh. Eddie Eddie Jordan, oh my uh, and that's the back of Toto of Wolf Toto's right head, there, unmistakable, their, you know, shoulder yeah. of the Terminator. Um, as they're as they're all you know talking to each other, uh, the whole BBC or sorry, the whole Sky Sports, yep, 
uh, broadcast team and and whatnot. So just like just right up in the mix with uh, with, with just all like of this just... ticker tape confetti all over the place because that gets launched out during the the celebration. Yeah, I, I, f- I found literally just off to the side, uh, Ted Kravitz, um, literally in one of the garages, just off to the side. Like no shit, writing in his notebook. Writing of in course. Ted's notebook. Ted Kravitz writing in Ted's notebook. And, the th- and the I ran thing, over yeah. and I was like, and I just, and I mean, I'm, I might have been a little, a little loose at this point. I was just like, yo, Ted, what's it look like from your notebook's perspective? And I put my camera right next to his uh, notebook and took a, you know, a super sloppy selfie of, uh, of both yeah. of us, which, which I treasure. Uh, walked through, walked up and down pit lane, felt the tires still you're, warm you're hit, he's, from the race. He he is touching uh, the super soft, the super soft mm-hmm. tire that no longer exists in the Pirelli lineup. John's hand is on uh, one of those, which is truly incredible. My God, my God. Oh. So, I mean, you know, at this, at this point I am, you know, uh, for the like 75th time this weekend, I am in, uh, just like walking on sunshine. I'm on another dimension as I made my way casually back through the circuit of the Americas. Like I didn't want to leave. Like I just wanted to hang out there all day. And I stopped every single person that I saw with interesting setups. There's like a, a girl with a homemade uh, Lewis Hamilton denim jacket. There's yeah. a, a woman who's made a custom jersey for Max Verstappen that says Vers Tappen <laughs> with uh, two beer mugs clinking together as in, you know, beer taps. Oh and, my and God. Whatnot. Uh, let's see. I found, I found the dude. <gasps> With the with the full with the scale, what? the giant like it's like a one eighth scale Ferrari Formula One hat that he puts on that you and I have taken pictures yes. with in Canada. Yes. Um and you will you will see this dude. If you watch a race that this guy is at, the cameras always find him. They always showcase him. Uh Gloria and I got our picture taken with uh with him. Uh, ridiculous uh, people wearing ridiculous custom-made suits with the <laughs> British flag all over them. Uh, lots of wild uh, Dutch uh, yeah. Verstappen fans yep. wearing all crazy variants of uh, of orange and and <sighs> whatnot. Uh, I ran, yeah, I ran into these dudes in neon orange suits yep. at the track, and then later again that night uh, out on the town. Um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just, just wildness, uh, just crazy, crazy shenanigans, a, uh, you know, and that, that basically rounded out, I w- I would say the, the Austin Grand yeah. Prix experience. I'm trying to see if I missed, uh, if I missed anything else. I think that was, that I was mean, pretty much, uh, unless you have a picture of you driving one of these cars, John, I think you've nailed this uh this experience. Um sweet sweet lord. S- sweet lord above. Uh It's you know at the end of the day um you know obviously I mean it goes without saying I'm now ruined for the rest of my life. Right, right. And it's almost it's almost a smidge bittersweet because I couldn't help but thinking through most of it that 
uh, was, you know, continually tapping into this sense of like, I can't believe how fortunate I am Yeah, to have this opportunity, to have something that's a, a deep fascination of mine, to have the most intimate access in a way that is impossible for so many. But also at the same time, it's also like a little bit like, you know, the darker side of it is that like, yeah, this is like, this is a big part of the sport for yeah. a very specific targeted audience yeah. of the sport. This is why the paddock club exists. And it's like, just sad to me that like, it is something that exists for like, you know, millionaire, billionaire types and nobody else. Yeah. There's um, nobody else. It, yeah. But if you, and if you follow any form of racing, anything that's like half a step down from the highest, highest points of motorsport, which of course, Formula One is the highest it's of the all pinnacle. motorsport. Yeah, yeah. But once you're like a half step down, usually this kind of access isn't that hard to come by. It's not unusual to go to a touring car race and to be able to walk right up to the cars yeah. and, you know, uh, look at things, you know, uh, in, in intimate detail or, you know, have a chance to cross paths with a driver or two and shake their hands and whatnot. So it is, you know, for me, it's a, it's a little, uh, bit of a reminder of like, yeah, there is a little bit of this insane, insanely over the top, like elitist angle to it. I mean, yes. going through, going through <laughs> the paddock on race day, I have never seen a higher ratio of humans wearing leather pants, yeah. uh, or, or men with facial plastic surgery, like it's yeah. it was just like it was a very bizarre thing. And like I saw like I saw all sorts of random celebrities and whatnot and was just like continually just like, oh my God, these people like, yeah, they all look they all look like they took their helicopters here yes. and, and yes. whatnot. And it's and it's bizarre at a certain point. And like, you know, and, and you know, shout out to your boy, John Lapore. I had no shame. I was literally just walking up and down that yes. pit lane, like holding my camera out, taking a picture of like every single Perfect. thing that I saw, like not with zero hesitation of like, you know, like, oh, I know I look like an absolute tourist here because guess what? I'm never, yeah. I'm, they're never going to fucking let me back here. Exactly. Like, I got these I pictures. Am a tourist here. Yeah. <laughs> I got these pictures and my goddamn napkins and uh, I'm taking them with me to the grave. There's nothing you can do. Stop taking me. my contest winning ass back to Jersey where I belong. <laughs> oh my God. Incredible. That, there we go. Here we go. I have, there's the I have, trophy I have with me right here. This is my, the my, second place, but yep, oh my, my God, second. it's, it's that, that is a, f I mean, by any other definition, that is, uh, you, you truly, you won this contest. You won a contest to go and be a part of the thing that you love to be a part of <laughs> pretty much more than anything else in the world, aside from like your family, uh, uh like th that's. And you got to bring your family with you. Like, that's amazing. Um, and it, it really was truly special being able to share that with my wife, Gloria, yeah. who, um, you know, like in, in light speed, I've never seen someone f go from having such a casual, uh, you know, relationship with the sport to all of a sudden, like 
instantly being like, you know, talk, like talking to me and be like, did you see what Lewis Hamilton just posted on Instagram? And like, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah, was, was, was all, all about it was, uh, oh. was, was very, very into it. So, uh, it was, it was, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely special. If I was Lewis Hamilton, I would say that I was hashtag blessed yes. to, yes. uh, to, to experience this. As, as you, you sure you were, you are, um, you were very, very fortunate to have that. It's something that regardless of your status in the world, uh, that is a privilege to end up and you, you said it yourself, like it was a privilege to be there. Um, and one that you didn't take for granted and you didn't take lightly and that you clearly took full advantage of, right? Like you could have just sat in the seats on the race day, you could have like been like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna appreciate this for what it is. And it's like, no, I'm going to take full advantage of it because you wouldn't, that's not a, this isn't a thing that we have access to regardless of our fandom and the long, you know, the longevity of our fandom. We just don't, even when the sport wasn't quote unquote popular here in the U S I mean, not even, I don't have to put that in scare quotes. It was, it wasn't popular in the U S there was a very small, fandom here in the u.s it is primarily made up of men like your dad and uncle's age who actually got to go to races that they spent very little money get, like actually getting into and could enjoy yeah. in ways that aren't and have all the direct access that just existed back, back then, then. Yeah. yeah but now it's it has been there are a bunch of gatekeepers that prevent the average joe like you and i from regardless of our fandom of having that experience. So that's, uh, I love that you had that and I did and continue to live vicariously through you going through that experience. Uh, wow. Just amazing. Um, I, I try to live vicariously through myself with yeah. that experience. It's literally one of those things that like, you know, when I'm, when I am having a shit day or something, it's one of those pockets in my mind that I can pull up and be like, well, at least that happened. I did get that to was, do that. Thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, John, thank you so much for uh, helping me relive that experience. And also all of our listeners out there to actually hear what it's like to experience uh, uh, going through the paddock, not just on like a media day where you get to kind of see all these people and like the pre production version of the race weekend, but then you actually got to go back and enjoy it at during an actual race. Uh, and you got to do the change of tire experience. Like we've walked through with like when we would go to Montreal, like you would see this off site, like on like the closed down streets, mm -hmm. they'd have these contests, but never it was just bragging rights. It was like, Oh yeah, I got this time. And it's like, no, no, no. You got an actual real gift and a prize after winning it. And rightfully so. Um, that's truly amazing. Uh, well, what do you think, John? I, I I'm going to say that I, I'm, I'm, I personally think that F1 stock has gone up, uh, especially because it is race week again, but I think there's also something that pertains to this story that has elevated F1's stock in this country, which was the Iceman himself made a comeback, and it was 
NASCAR this past week. So we had Kimi Raikkonen, race winner of the of the Austin Grand Prix, showing up on a street course, uh, on an actual road course. Uh, not, yeah, road course. It was Watkins Glen. Not yeah, not a street course, an actual road course, like the old F one track that. I don't think Kimmy ever got a chance to actually race at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's done hot laps. No. And I know he's done like one off days. No, he's probably he's probably never been there. He's probably probably yeah, outside is. of NASCAR, never been there. Yeah. Oh God. So I love that he was that he showed back up and did it, especially at the tail end of the summer break where he just came back in and everybody who was like, uh, can't wait for spa to come back up. Wait, what? Kimmy's back in a car. What? Wait, uh, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's focus a little bit yeah, on what's, that. What's he in a Lamont prototype? Is like, he in a rally car? Nope. He is oh, a NASCAR. He's in oh, a, okay. A NASCAR, um, which yep. there's, if there are two drivers who I've watched race, who should be in a NASCAR, who should be racing in NASCAR. It's Danny Ricardo or Kimi Raikkonen. Like those, and yep. who knows, we may see Danny Ricardo in an American series sooner than we think. Um, but yeah, I think personally, I saw F1 stock shoot straight up this week. Uh, it had been steadily rising because the popularity is here, but I think that Kimi showing up at uh, at Watkins Glen uh, in NASCAR was like a real like that's a big bump for F1 whether it was an intentional bump or not um, I don't think it was because Kimmy doesn't care about anything except for his family and racing cars like he doesn't care about mm-hmm. F1 stock in fact he was so relieved to leave F1 because <laughs> uh, of all the media circus and all the extra curricular activities surrounding F1 um, so I love that he's back in in a race seat, uh, single seater. Yeah, NASCARs are single seaters; they're not open wheel. But uh, yeah, that's close enough. That's close enough. Um, what about you? What mm-hmm. do you think? Do you think uh, the stock has gone up this week, or down? Or I think so. Stock? I think I think we're uh, now that it is officially we're heading into race week. Yeah, I think uh, the, the there's been a drought. There's been a you know a, a little pressure buildup. And I'm so excited to see the cars hit yeah. the track at Spa. Yeah, in just a few days here. I mean, we're we're just a few days out from from the second half of the season really kicking off. So, pumped for that. Um, all right. Well, this has been a long one, but it's absolutely necessary. We needed a long one to go through this experience because, oh boy, was this an experience. Uh, well, thank thank you for indulging me. This is God, for yeah. me. This is like uh this is literally the equivalent of like the grandparents pulling out the the Kodak slide <laughs> projector carousel and yeah. be like, let me tell you a story about something that happened long ago. But it's it's uh yeah very and, very gratifying for me. Uh, and as one of the grandkids who watched the slideshow, I was actually engaged in like asking questions too. I wasn't just like, when are we going? When are we going outside? When can we go swimming? It's like, no, no, I wanted and- to, I wanted all this. <laughs> well, and to, to our listeners, uh, you know, for the love of God, help us, uh, help us get back to something resembling this level of formula one experience so that, uh, you know, uh, this time I can, I can bring, bring my bestie uh with oh, me God. and oh. uh, uh yeah 
Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll take yeah. it. I'll take that bestie. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll I'll be your uh ride or die bestie. Let's just throw all the god awful mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah, let's uh, get it all in culture. there. Yeah. Um all right. Well, how about this, Johnny? Where can the folks find you online? Uh hit hit me up on Twitter at at Johnny Motion. Um also if you're if you're actually interested in finding any of the photos um that we're discussing i did a summary of my experience on a on a random car geek message board called the car lounge great uh and if you if you google search for f1 dream come true i'm gonna uh, gonna save the listeners that troubling pain in the as google search i'll just drop a link to that form right into the description that's right that's that's the way that's that's the way way (laughs) computers work that makes sense yeah or you could or you could google it um your call folks uh if you don't like tapping links um you're more than welcome to google it and i'm sure a bunch of other fun stuff will uh, folks can find me at burn Corey burn on all the social media stuff well that'll do it for us on this episode but we are going to catch up with you next week after the belgian grand prix here on the f1 files <laughs>